Book of Acts chapter 17, verses 2 through 7, when you got it, say amen. Verse 2, Paul, as his matter was, went in unto them in three Sabbath days, reasoned with them out of the scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus whom I preach unto you is Christ. And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas and of the devout Greeks a great multitude, and the chief women not a few, but the Jews which believed not moved with envy took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort, and gathered a company, and set all the city on an uproar, and assaulted the house of Jason, and sought to bring them out to the people. Verse 6, and when they found them not, they drew Jason, and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, these that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. So these guys are turning the world upside down. Verse 7, whom Jason has received, and these all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying, there is another king, one Jesus. Let me read verse 7 one more time. Whom Jason has received, and these all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, and that king is Jesus. I want to talk to you on the very simple subject this morning. I believe the Lord's going to help us. I just want to talk about what the devil does not want us to know. The devil doesn't want us to know. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for truth, God. I pray in your wonderful name, Jesus, that you would minister. I ask, God, that your perfect will would be done. Anything that is contrary to your will, human or demonic, I bind it in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray, God, that there would be complete liberty. Pray, God, that there would be complete faith. God, help us to, to receive your word. God, anoint my mouth to speak. I need your help this morning. Ask God that you'd help us, Jesus. Touch us, Lord. Minister, God, as only you can. We love you and we thank you, God, and we trust you. We are expecting you to move, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray and ask. And can everybody say in Jesus' name, before you're seated, would you lift your hands one more time and give God praise? Hallelujah. Come on, would you lift your voice? Let's magnify him. Let's take, I think we need to take a moment and magnify the Lord. Lord, we love you, Jesus. God, we bless you, Lord. God, we praise you. God, we worship you. God, we magnify you. God, we glorify. Come on, would you lift your voice and praise him? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated in the name of Jesus. There's a difference between knowledge and, and, and relationship. Say that again. There's a difference between having knowledge of something and having a relationship with something. Knowledge is, is acquired. I can, I can get knowledge on a certain topic or on a, uh, a certain subject. It, it, knowledge is facts. It, it is skills or something that I learn over time through uh, experience education, but relationship is something that is cultivated. Relationship does not happen by accident. If you're going to have a relationship with somebody, it's going to happen because you're intentional about it. Relation, real genuine relationship. I'm not talking about acquaintances, but I'm talking about a genuine relationship. That is something that is pursued. It goes past the it goes past the, the dry knowledge of something or just, just simply knowing dry facts about something. Relationship is something where I am involved in, I am invested into. I can acquire knowledge of something, but if I want to be in relationship with something, that's, 
That is a complete different story. It's completely different. I can, I can know a lot about God, and our world, uh, maybe not so much anymore, but our world has a general knowledge about God or a gen- general knowledge about certain things in the Bible, and this is good. We need to have knowledge about things. I need to, I need to know about God. I, I need to understand some things about God. I need to read my Bible. I need to, uh, there's nothing wrong with not, let me say it this way, there's nothing wrong with having knowledge about something, but relationship with God is a whole lot different than knowledge. We live in a time where we there's so much knowledge about everything. Everybody's smart in one way or another, but really there is an absence of relationship. And when it comes down to it, somebody needs to hear me this morning. You've got to have a genuine relation. Thank God for knowledge, but you got to know more about God than just dry facts. You've got to have a relationship with God. I need to study. Let me just qualify this before I move on. I need to, I'm not dis, dis, I'm not talking down on knowledge. I need to study and I need to learn as much as I possibly can, but there is only so much I'm going to get on a flesh level knowledge of God and a flesh level knowledge on the word of God. That's what knowledge is. It is, it is flesh level, but there has got to be a spiritual aspect in my walk with God. If I'm going to see the things that God desires, to do in my life. If I am going to see the things that God desires to do in my life, I've got to have a spiritual relationship with him. Jesus said, lo, the kingdom of God is within you. You want to know what he's talking about? He's saying it's not just a physical or a natural thing. The kingdom of God is a spiritual thing. It's a, it's, it happens when you're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. It happens. It's a spiritual working that God does in our life, not just from knowing about God. But God beginning to get intimate in relationship with me. John chapter 7, verse 40 through 42, many of the people, therefore, when they heard this saying of a truth, this is the prophet, they're talking about Jesus. Others said, this is the Christ, but some said, shall Christ come out of Galilee? Has not the scripture said that Christ cometh of the seed of David and out of the town of Bethlehem where David was? What they're saying is they're looking at Jesus and the miracles that he's doing, and they're saying, he's the, he is the Messiah, He's the guy that we've been waiting for. And then other people are looking at him. They say, yeah, well, shouldn't the Messiah come from Bethlehem? This man came from Nazareth. They're seeing the miracles that Jesus was doing. They understood that he had power, but they only had a flesh-level knowledge of him. They did not under... Mary and Joseph knew that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. The disciples knew that Jesus was born in Bethlehem because they had a relationship with Jesus. Those on the outside just getting a flesh-level knowledge of him did not really know who he was because they did not have the relationship that would give the revelation of the knowledge of who Jesus Jesus Christ was. Hear me today. I'm trying to preach to somebody in this building. God has a whole lot more for you than to just know about his word and know about the power of God and know about what he's able to do. God wants to work in your life and God wants to operate in your life. God wants to show himself. God wants a relationship with you so he can reveal the power of his goodness. So relationship leads to revelation. 
got to have a spiritual aspect in my walk with God. I'm going somewhere this morning. Bear with me, but I, I, God's, God's keeping me right here, so I'm going to stay until, I let him, until he lets me leave. We've got to have a spiritual aspect in our walk with God. I need to pray. I've got to pray. I've got to read the word of God. I've got to be faithful to church. I've got to be obedient to the word of God. Thank God for knowledge, but revelation can only come from a deep, intimate relationship with God. You want to know why you might be dealing with stuff in your life and you don't know? It might just be because you have not allowed God to do what God desires to do because you're keeping him at arm's, at arm's length. It might just be because you have not allowed God to get a deep relationship relationship with you. Yes, you come to church. Yes, you hear preaching. Yes, you know about God, but you've not gotten a true, genuine relationship with God. And until, until you get closer to God, there are going to be aspects of the mercy and the grace and the power of God that you will never see in your life until you allow him to get close, until you allow him to begin to work in your life. God wants to reveal who he is to somebody. Let's pray. I think we need to take a moment and pray right here. I feel like I'm pushing something. We're going to pray till it breaks. In Jesus' name, Lord, you're the only God. I thank you, Jesus, for your presence. I thank you, Lord, for your power. I thank you for your goodness. God, thank you for the revelation of who you are. Thank you, thank you for the revelation of the oneness, God. Jesus, you are God. There is only one God. Thank you, Lord, for Holy Ghost infilling and baptism in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you for your goodness and for your mercy. Come on, I love you, Jesus. There's nothing greater than you. Come on, we just need to glorify God a little bit. Come on, let's pray. We need to stay right here and pray. Lord, we love you. God, we love you. God, we magnify you. Lord, let your will be done right now. You know exactly what you're wanting to do. Would you do it, Lord? Move anything you got to move, God. Shake anything you got to shake. In Jesus' name. I'll tell you what, I... I um, this is not on my notes, and, but I'm feeling resistance, and I like that. Because when I'm feeling resistance, I know that, that I'm where I need to be in the Holy Ghost. God's going to minister to somebody this morning. God's going to touch somebody this morning. I don't know what you've come into this place needing. I don't know what you're going through in your family, but God is able, and I believe if you're willing to let him do it, God wants to touch somebody in this place. There's nothing that is outside, hear me, outside of the realm of the possibility of God. God can do anything you need him to do and a whole lot more, but God is waiting on somebody to get their faith on God, to get their eyes on God and allow him, my God, I'm feeling my help, allow God to begin to to minister to you. Hey, hey, you might not understand everything. That's all right. But if you have doubt in your heart, just start moving it out and saying, God, listen, I know that you're able. If you just have belief that God is able, God, God, God can do it. I'm trying to help somebody right now. God is wanting to minister to somebody in this place. Jesus in your name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. God is a God, he, he is a God of light. God reveals. 
Gives revelation, that's what God does. That's what a relationship with God does. But we understand there's an enemy that wants to do the exact opposite. 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. Satan, the devil, is referred to as the God of this world or the prince of this world, the prince of the power of the air. He is the, he is the ruler over those who are not living for Jesus. He is the ruler over those who are not a part of the kingdom of God. He blinds. He, he, he covers understanding. The Bible says he, he is the deceiver of the whole world and that he is a liar and there is no truth in him and that he, he disguises himself as an angel of light. He looks good, but really it's bondage. He, he's a liar. That is what Satan is. That's what Satan does. And the whole goal of Satan is to lie to people and to deceive people and to get them to believe, uh, get them to believe things that keep them away from God. This is why, this is why our society and our culture is pushing God out of every aspect. This is why God is being pushed out of school. I don't know how it is in Mississippi, but Arizona is getting crazy with things. God is being pushed out of every school or public institution. Why? Because Satan is trying to push the knowledge of God out of everything he can because when God is removed, the knowledge and the revelation that comes from God and the blessings and the mercy that comes from God are removed because there's no understanding and no ability to understand and get a relationship with him. And when you remove God out of the picture, the only thing that is left is hopelessness. That's Satan's goal. Satan is hopeless. His desire is to keep people in hopelessness. As ultimately, if you want to break the goal of Satan down to the very bare minimum, it is to keep people hopeless. He's the ruler of the sinful world. Mark chapter 5 talks about the demoniac of Gadara. You want to talk about somebody under the control of Satan. It was this guy. He had thousands of devils in him. And, and, and we see the results. He was in chaos. The Bible says he, would, he was cutting himself and, and he would scream and he lived amongst the tombs. There was no peace in this man's life. There was no joy in this man's life. There was no fulfillment. And th- this man was a miserable being because he was not living for God. And it is possible. It's possible to live outside. Of, of a relationship with God and we might be we might have good things here and there and we might make a lot of money and there's nothing wrong with that but really if I do not have a relationship with God at the end of the day there is no fulfillment uh, there is no satisfaction if I'm honest with myself uh, I'm still going to lack joy even though I've got everything I think I want uh, or I need I'm still going to lack true satisfaction because I can only be complete uh, in Christ and so we see what is happening to this man he's in chaos and he's broken and the bible says the bible talks about the misery of this individual I think the, the Bible doesn't mince words. It doesn't give information where, where just, just for random. The Bible is very detailed in the information that it gives. And it, and it tells us about what this man was going through because it gives us insight into what it's like to be under the control of Satan. Miserable. There's something to be said about the beauty of holiness, Pastor. There's something to be said just about the beauty of living for God. There's, you're not going to find peace outside of living for God. Hear me. You're not going to find true joy outside. There. You're not going to find righteousness outside of the Holy Ghost. You will never be happy. You will never be satisfied outside of a relationship with God. There is always going to be something missing until you have a true biblical relationship with God. The reality of living under the control of Satan is hopelessness. And seemingly, 
You have to accept it because this is the lie that comes from hell. Is the, that, that, that just, this is just how life is. This is what it, this is what life is. You, you know, you deal with things and, and you live and you die and there, there's no, there's, there's nothing different. It's hopeless. And you can have a semblance of spirituality and not truth and you still live broken and still live confused and still live struggling. And it's because of this single thing, something the devil tries so very hard to deceive about, keep his thumb on. It takes me to our text. Paul and Silas, the Bible says they're preaching to people. These people are coming to God. God's blessing people. People are being filled with the Holy Ghost. People are being ministered to. People's lives are being changed. And the Bible says that the Jews that believe not, it really it gives the King James Version for troublemakers, and they do what troublemakers do. They cause trouble. And, and, and they, they start, start to give issues to the, to the people of God. And, and these were individuals that did not serve God. They were, they were under the influence of the ruler of this world. They were under the influence of Satan. And they make this statement in verse 6. It says, when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, these that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. This is coming from a perspective that is not godly. This is coming from a perspective of, of the devil that desires to keep people down and that desires to keep people blinded and that desires to keep people addicted and keep people in bondage and keep people deceived and keep people in anxiety and keep people in depression. This is coming from the perspective of Satan. He's seeing God minister to people and he's seeing people's lives being changed and seeing people's lives being ministered to truth was being preached and there was things that was happening in people's life that had never happened before and the influence of the devil was saying everything is being turned upside down. The world being turned upside down. Let's look at it from the perspective of God. The world being turned upside down meant that people were being delivered from things. The world being turned upside down meant that people didn't have to have to live in sin anymore. The world being turned upside down meant that people were getting peace when they had looked for peace and everything else uh, and it did not work. The world being turned upside down meant that people were receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, evidence of speaking in tongues, and their life was being changed and they weren't bound by sin and bound by addiction anymore. The world being turned upside down meant that God had stepped into the situation and started to heal brokenness and started to do miracles and started to change some situation in some people's life. Really what had happened is God began to make some things right again. Yeah, we do some things that the world doesn't understand. It's backward. No, God's making some things right in my life. Holiness is right. Freedom is right. Liberty from addiction and sin is right. Yeah, 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 God. God ain't the things are being turned upside down. No, God's making things right again. God's making some things right. Now I'm going to preach to somebody. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I know what God has told me to preach. And so I need you to hear me right now on the Holy Ghost. God wants to deliver you from whatever you are dealing with today, sir. God wants to deliver. Hear me right now. God wants to deliver somebody. I don't know what you're struggling with, but the lie of hell will tell you that's what your life is. That's what your family is. That's who you're going to be. That's who your kids are going to be. That's a lie from hell. That has not come from God at all. That's hopelessness. But I got 
you. There's another king. There's another king. And God can deliver you from anything you're in. God can strengthen you. God can change your life. God can change your family. Hey, you don't have to live the way that you've lived. Come on, lift your hands. Let's pray. Listen, I'm not preaching anything deep. I'm just come to try to preach hope to somebody. That's what the gospel is. The gospel is hope. The gospel is the fact that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again. And because of that, I don't have to be addicted to drugs. I don't have to live depressed all the time. Hear me. Hey, it's not God's will for you to be depressed every day of your life. It's not God's will for you to deal with anxiety every day of your life. That's a lie. That is not what God wants for your life. God wants you to have peace in your life, sir. God wants you to have peace in your life, man. It's not God's will for you to be so bound by sin that you get a touch on Sunday and you're struggling again on Monday. That's a lie. That's a lie. God wants you to live in peace. God wants you to be able to overcome some things. God wants to give you strength to live right. That's what God wants to do in your life. God's trying to help somebody this morning. God is tired of seeing people struggle all the time. It's a lie. God wants to minister to hear me. My God, God wants to minister to somebody in this place. Uh, It does not matter how long you've been struggling with things. God can deliver you today, ma'am. It does not matter what's going on in your family. God can touch it. Uh, God can save your kids. Uh, God can save your spouse. Uh, God's able to do it. we got to stop believing the lie that says there's no hope. Uh, That comes from hell. There's another king. Uh, There's another king that's more powerful. Yeah, preacher, I've heard you say I've heard I've heard people say that and I'm still sick or we're still dealing with this or we're still dealing with that. Hear me today. I I, I believe that the Lord is wanting to minister to somebody. What what is that impossible situation that you've been dealing with for a long time and you've been talking to the Lord about for a long time and you've not seen it happen the way that you want to see it happen? I believe that God wants to do it today. Listen, if you've been coming to church and you've never been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, you need to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost today. God is not, his will is not for you to leave this place not filled with his spirit. God wants to do it today. God wants to deliver you. God wants to change your life. That's what God does. That's what God does. I was teaching a Bible study to this lady. She dealt with severe depression, horrible depression. She, uh, For years she went through this. And we, she started coming to church, and we, we got connected, and we did a Bible study, and we were a few weeks into it, and it was a Wednesday night, and my buddy Jordan was preaching, and she was on the back left corner about in that area, and 
he got done preaching, and it was a, it's kind of how Wednesday nights go sometimes. It was a little bit tight. But, but she, she stood up at her pew, and she lifted her hands and began to pray. Some of the ladies of the church gathered around her and began to pray with her. I noticed that she was praying. I made my way back there, and I saw as I got close, she had her hands lifted, and she was speaking in tongues as God filled her with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the very next day, the very next day, we had a Bible study, and I sat down across the table, and we are talking about it. And she said, Jake, you want to know how I knew that I was filled? with the gift of the Holy Ghost? I said, well, you're speaking in tongues. I'm, I'm assuming that's how you knew. That's the evidence of receiving the Holy Ghost. She said, no, that's not how I knew that I received God's Spirit. She said, I knew it was the Holy Ghost because the moment that he entered into me, the depression that I was dealing with went away. It just began to fade. That's how I knew that God had filled me with the Holy Ghost was because of the peace that had not come from any other source, the peace that she couldn't find anywhere else, the depression that she dealt with for a long time began to dissipate. Why? Because God stepped in and where there was, a, there was no help otherwise, the other king stepped in and began to minister to her. If you're in this place and you're dealing with depression, hear me. It's not God's will for you to deal with depression. We go through things, and yes, but it is a lie that says this is what your reality is. No, 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 no. We live in peace and joy by living for God. It is not God's will. That's a lie that says we're, it's okay to deal with depression. No. Yes, we struggle. We go through things. That happens, but it's not God's will for you to deal with that every day of your life. I believe that God wants to minister to somebody. I believe that God wants to deliver somebody. God, hey, hey, God can do it today. Close your eyes. Let's pray. Let's pray. Come on, you know who you are. God's been dealing with you. If God's been speaking to you, I wish you'd just lift your voice and begin to talk to the Lord. I I got more to preach. We might get to it. But I think God wants us to take just a moment and let him work on our hearts right now. Come on, every eye closed. Let's not look around. Let's focus. God's trying to minister to somebody. Come on, let's pray, let's pray. Ma'am, this is what you've been looking for. Sir, this is what you've been looking for. You're not going to find it anywhere else. You're only going to find it in a relationship with God. You're only going to find it when God begins to work in your life. Come on, somebody ought to start pushing some of those lies that you believe for a long time out. Come on, you ought to start pushing some of those lies that you've been hearing for a long time. Come on, this is not who I am. This is not what I am. Come on, God's got a future for somebody. God's got something better for somebody. God wants to change your life.
Come on, if you have the Holy Ghost, I need you to help me pray right now. We're pushing to get something, but I believe we're about to get a breakthrough. God's going to do something in this place. Come on, let's pray in the Spirit. Come on, if you have a need, you ought to start talking to the Lord about it. God, I need you to heal my body. God, I need you to touch my mind. Lord, I need your help. Come on, and we're breaking it. That's, that's it. Come on, church. Listen, I might not be preaching to you, but if there's somebody that is in this place that needs God, you ought to start praying for them. Come on, ma'am, help me pray. Sir, help me 